The Lord be with you. So a Mexican magician tells the audience that he will disappear on the count of three. He says, uno, dos, poof, he's gone. He disappears without a trace. Bob liked that one. Last time when I said I didn't have a joke, Tammy like a, like just about came out of her seat with joy. I exaggerated just slightly. I'm waiting for the plates. Um, I invite you to pray real quick for me, okay? Father, I ask that you would give me what I, what I need to be able to help your people today. We're not really interested in hearing from Tim, although I liked him. But we're more interested in hearing from from you and from your scripture a word that fits each heart to equip us to do your will this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. I kind of vaguely titled this little chat, Relationship Advice in Turbulent Times. We are embedded in a culture... I don't know if you noticed, but we live in America. You might have noticed that. And you might have noticed that right now, it's a culture of fear. It's a culture ruled by fear, which leads to labeling, us, them, thinking, blame-shifting, scapegoating, conspiracy theory, class, classist mindset, so you don't have what I have, so you're not trustworthy, or you have less than I have, so you're a... Oh, you're too rich. Oh, oh, you have an education or you don't. Oh, you're black. Oh, you're white. Oh, you're a cop. Oh, you're a Republican. Oh, you're a Democrat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you're so bad. Everybody's bad. Everyone who doesn't agree with me is bad. And life's getting terrible and everything's going to pot. Oh, my goodness. And then the church has this sort of apocalyptic panic theology that says, Jesus is coming soon. Everybody freak out. Oh, I can't wait till he gets here. It's going to get bad. Oh, my word. That's this and that's that. And the blood moons are this and this is that. And oh, my goodness. Who's the Antichrist? Yeah, I'm so scared. And the Lord's return is viewed like an escape hatch instead of like a wonderful, beautiful thing that we just enjoy and gives us great peace. Book of Revelation is viewed as a scare tactic thing to get youth groups to stop having premarital sex and get to the altar instead of as a wonderful, glorious, we win, which is what it is. And uh, church starts to operate like a bomb shelter in culture instead of like the yeast that, that leavens the lump and brings hope everywhere. No one agrees? Uh, it's fine. I, it, uh, two, yeah, two, me and two other people are like, yeah, that's right. And I, I have this deep-seated conviction that if it doesn't encourage you, strengthen you, build you up in your faith, cause you to be able to lo- like love well in the midst of this life, it can't be Jesus. If it doesn't root you more in a sense of peace, if it doesn't renew your mind, if it doesn't give you hope in every area of your life and equip you to be absolutely at peace, absolutely free, it can't be the Lord. If he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light and yours isn't, you're obviously carrying something differently than what he wanted you to. I know, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Tobin knows, what's up? Romans 8, 6, the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. So look, if it spools you up with anxiety, if it spools you up with resentment, if if it's, oh my word, if it makes you feel powerless, it can't be the spirit of God. It has to be your flesh. 
The other day I was on one of my rants where I was taking my anxiety and I was finding a human to blame. The situation's terrible because this person has to be to blame because blah, 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 blah. And I just went on this lengthy rant with my wife and it all made really good sense because I'm smart enough to argue a, a really, like how does Bob say it? Arguing logically to the wrong conclusion? Is that what you say? I'm smart enough to argue really, really effectively for some dumb idea that Jesus doesn't agree with. Then I came back to my wife like five minutes later and I said, everything I just said was flesh. Just remove it from the record. Replace it with a prayer of faith that the thing that I want to see will happen. See, I love this passage in Ezekiel where, where God brings Ezekiel out to this army of dead soldiers' bodies on the ground and he says, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? And of course, Ezekiel says, I don't know. You know. And then God says, what? Prophesy to the bones. He doesn't say, watch what I'm going to do. He involves Ezekiel's words in the process. That's a deeply biblical truth. I think it's Proverbs 18, 21. That life and death are in the power of the tongue. In turbulent times, people get driven by anxiety and stored up resentments and fears from their past that are not healed. And so the, the, the play stays the same, but the actors change. We don't even realize that we're just still stuck in the pattern of our family of origin. And so we find ourselves in these patterns of relationships that, that they rob us of peace and they don't equip us to love well. We can either take our anxiety and find someone to blame or we can step into faith and turn it into a prayer. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. That's huge. Your day, when this comes to completion in your life, your day will, be, will just be like, bung, 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 with little prayers scattered throughout as you find yourself realizing anxiety in your mind, in your words. The, the, the difference probably won't be you suddenly don't have anxiety. The difference will probably be you recognize the anxiety and switch it and flip it into a Holy Spirit emboldened situation of faith where you're proclaiming the thing that you wish was there now. It's a big difference. My, my, I have a deep conviction that one of the primary activities of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer is the renewal of our mind. And let's get a little more clear with what that means. Your emotions come from thoughts. Thoughts can be placed on a page in English. And the content of those thoughts can be evaluated. And I promise you, your thoughts are where your life comes from. If you were to write out what you're feeling and why, it's the why that I want you to get to. And it's the Holy Spirit operating in, is this really true? Is this really true? Are you jumping to all sorts of conclusions to justify emotions that seem true? Oh boy. Let's talk about unhealthy triangles for a second. Jesus is so clear. In Matthew 18, he says, if your brother sins against you, go to talk to your brother. If you win him over, great. If you don't, then you're allowed to talk to a second person. Why? 
so that they can get mad too and pity you and hug you and go, oh, poor baby. No. So they can come with you to fix the problem too. If you're not a part of the problem or the solution, why are we involved? And you listening to that stuff, you are hurting people. You think you're helping by listening? Unless you make the person... You can't make. Okay, let's relax. Just back up. Nobody can control anyone. Nobody's responsible for anyone else's choices. Only their own. Okay, let's try again. It is 100% fine for you to say to someone, I love you and I care about you. But unless the intention of what you're sharing here is to go to the person, I cannot listen to another word. You know why? Because I have the fear of the Lord. You cannot control people, but you must get healthy and stay connected to people. And when you get healthy and stay connected, it's going to make people upset. And when you're unhealthy and connected, it's probably going to still make some people upset. So it's really important to figure out why they're upset. Are they upset because I'm not healthy? Or are they upset because I am? If they're upset because I'm not, take ownership, repent, transform, stay connected, own your mess and do better. And if they're upset because you are healthy and your, your health is confronting their unhealth and they don't want to look at it, stay the course, stay connected. We have this weird thing in the church in America right now where we're like, grace, Mercy, that's all the world needs and that's why the world, yeah, grace and mercy, but we've opposed grace and truth in our minds and they're not opposed. It's not like they need to be held in balance. They are not opposed. It's not gracious to give money to your drug addicted brother. It's literally not gracious. It's literally ungracious. It's not gracious to not tell him the truth. It's not gracious to let him in the house and let him steal from everybody. That's not well, we're going to have to just try something. We tried to love on him and it didn't work. No, you didn't. You didn't love on him. Love confronts. Love is as bold as a lion. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The system that allows the bully to remain a bully is as much to blame as the bully. The weak people who are so terrified of getting the bully mad at them that they don't confront are just as guilty as the bully. In the system. Okay. Are we having fun yet? You'll notice that wounded people always find each other. Like in youth group, the two rebel kids, like they don't have to talk about it. You just, after about two or three classes of youth, they're sitting together. And in a church, the people who are wounded and not healed, the people who have stored up unforgiveness and hurt, I ask somebody, is there anyone you need to forgive? And most of us are a little too self-righteous to admit it's true. But if you ask people who hurt you, boom, they got a list. And guess what that is? That's called unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is holding on to the hurt and withholding love from the hurter. Uh-oh. Now he's meddling with me. <laughs> but I'm serious. Ask me, Tim, is there anyone you need to forgive? I don't think so. I think I'm good. I've prayed forgiveness prayers for all these people. Is there anyone where there's active hurt in your folder? Ah. Well then, let's walk through that. Let's not work on that. Let's not ask the Lord to help us walk through that. Lord, help me forgive. Lame. 
That is lame. That is not biblical. Don't ask the Lord to help you forgive. The grace is already here for you to forgive now. Choose to walk into that grace. Lord, in Jesus' name, I surrender this hurt to you. And if I give this to you now, what will you give me in exchange? Holy Spirit's going to use that. He's going to take that. You have to do... But Tim... It's still a process. Of course it's a process, but you're using your hurt as an excuse not to go on the process. And then you're triangulating. Remember I said, said, let's talk about triangles? So then you're hurting, you're not okay, and you got this Bluetooth in the spirit realm, and it wants to pair with other people who are wounded too, so that you can feel justified for hurting. Because again, when you're afraid, and you need someone to blame, it's really easy to take the hurts from the past, And it creates a folder, and now you've got your spiritual Bluetooth is in pairing mode. And it's like, is anyone here with these wireless headphones that will work with me? (gasps) You, oh my. You know what they did, and they said, and they, oh my goodness, and it's terrible. Oh, I'll cry. Well, let's pray about this. God, it's so bad. They're so naughty, and they're so mean, and just bless them. I think he's such a beautiful heart, and oh, he's so wonderful. And you've never confronted the fact, the person you're listening. See, because in every unhealthy triangle, there's a victim. Poor me, he hurt me. That's that person. It's the talker. There's a rescuer who's not rescuing at all. He just thinks he is. She is, whatever. The rescuer who's the listener. And the bad guy who's the absent third party being talked about. This is so profoundly un-Jesus. Jesus said, if your brother sins, Matthew 17, I think it's verse 3. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, Forgive him. In Matthew 18, he says, if he sins against you seven times in one day, if he's a jerk deluxe with like a cherry on top, like king of the jerk fest, jerk city mayor, and then he comes to you and he goes, I'm a jerk, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Forgive. Yeah, but he hasn't changed yet. Listen. Dorothy Chep told me one time, holding on to the hurt from sin, being sinned against is like drinking poison expecting the other person to die. In Matthew 18, Jesus tells this parable of the unforgiving servant who's forgiven this huge debt, but then he goes out and chokes out his buddy who owes him like, you know, $15 or whatever. And then it says, he will be tortured until he pays every penny. And I thought, boy, the master's really mean. No. The master's not doing the torturing. The unforgiveness is. Either we'll learn to forgive or we will live miserable. Miserable. And it will rot our bones. Do you know how awesome it is to be able to look somebody in the face who hates you and just like literally love them and be free? I like to say Jesus on the cross is the only one in that situation who's actually free. He looks like he's not free. Because he's being crucified. But he's totally free. And the vindication that he gets from the Father, exalted to the highest place. (sighs) Lose your life. Find it in him. So much better than defending your rights and trying to figure out how to punish and get back at the person. And living, living it. I'll show them. I'll be 15 times as successful as they are. Butthead. Hmm. I know you guys would never call anyone names. You're so much godlier than me. But it's true. Somebody's got their Bluetooth pairing for the wounded people in the jail. Find each other right away. And you can take this one to the bank. Fact. Someone who will talk bad about others to you, 
You know they go and talk bad about you to others. Am, am I right? Or am I right? <laughs> hey, I don't think those were two separate options. Malachi 3.16, this is Mark Yoder's favorite passage, and I love it for the same reason. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. Those private conversations between believers are this huge deal to, to the Father. And a scroll of remembrance was made, and he kept track of the ones that always feared him and thought about the honor of his name. This is one of the biggest principles of the kingdom is that it's, the, it's our integrity when no one's watching that defines our, our real lives. It's who we really are. Pleasing the Lord in these private conversations is such a big deal. And I, I would love it if the fear of the Lord came upon us in such a great measure that we were terrified, praying for help, saying, Father, what do I do when someone comes to us and tries to do one of these unhealthy triangles? I mean, I want us groaning and praying out loud for help. So the person goes, what's wrong with you? And you say, I feel like you're trying to involve me in your unforgiveness. Oh, I don't have unforgiveness. Then why aren't you talking to them instead of me? Or someone comes to you and you're saying, this is free, this is fun. Well, I think you're a jerk and blah, 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 blah. Why? Because you did this, this, and this. I don't know if that's true. I don't really feel like that's correct. Well, it is because I talked to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and these five people agree with me. What? You talked to all those folks about me? Well, no, they actually came to me. Why did they come to you? <laughs> because you're projecting this whole, I'm wounded, give me, give me what I need. I'm like it's just in the, your, your Bluetooth is pairing. Pairing, pairing. <gasps> yes, yes, give me more of that. Oh, you're not happy at the church either? Oh my goodness. I'm not happy either. Oh my word. No, let's not deal with this or talk to it or be like obey, obedient to Jesus. Let's just talk to each other and get ourselves all spooled up in the flesh. Ah! I know what I'm talking about. You know why? I got pretty good at sinning. <laughs> uh, hopefully I'm getting good at repenting too. Are you guys okay? Is it all right if I'm laughing even though we're all convicted right now? <laughs> like every one of us in the room is like, I got I to gotta change. <laughs> wow. I thought I was doing okay, but I think maybe, maybe not so, so okay really after a while. I thought just because, I thought if I wasn't the bully, then I'm fine. Not so much. Confront and forgive. Jesus is so clear. Sins, confront, repent, forgive. Confront, forgive. Confront, forgive. We stink at both of these, generally speaking. Not everyone. I'm sure there are people who are really good at all this stuff. Uh, but these are the hardest things for us. And I think for a lot of us, it's even harder to confront than forgive. Oh, but if I confront, then they're going to be mad at me. Oh, but if I confront, they're going to gonna reject me worse. What if they get mad and they start attacking me worse and criticizing me? Oh, I guess we don't know who we are if somebody's opinion of us is going to be able to destroy us like that. I guess we don't know how to hear the voice of our father a little bit louder if some human telling us what they think about us and not being correct. I was talking to Mark Yoder and I was like, oh man, sometimes I feel like church is this meat grinder of criticism. And he goes, and you care? 
And I was like, oh, there's freedom. (laughs) Yeah, I care. And he's like, why? You're pleasing the Lord. I'm like, oh, upgrades are coming. (laughs) Right? I told Kay, I was like, I want to be 100%. I was engaged in some sort of conflict. And I was okay. And, And she's like, you're so brave. And I said, oh, I want to get to the point where somebody can be so mad at me. And I'm fine. Because I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm not there yet, but we're going to get there soon. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and sometimes I'm the bad guy. Let's just get, we just got to be real. And sometimes I'm the bad guy. Okay. Like last night uh, with my wife. Okay. <laughs> so, it's not in my notes. Um, I'm trying to get really, really healthy. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to focus on my words. And, and instead of saying things like, he made me mad. He made me mad. He hurt my feelings. He hurt my feelings. Fascinating. I didn't know he had the authority to make you angry. I didn't realize he had the authority to hurt my feelings. Fascinating. I'll tell you what made me mad. My beliefs made me mad. My beliefs about what this means. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, I'm scared about this. I'm uncertain about this. I said, well, what's underneath that? Well, what if this relationship doesn't work out? Why does that scare you? Well, look at all these other failed relationships. Well, why does that scare you? What if I'm just going to be alone? I said, oh, so it really wasn't about that first thing that you said. It was actually way deeper. A lot of the time, the reason that we get so... mm, is because of deep, unhealed issues and beliefs we're carrying with us that Jesus would love to have access to, but he will not take them by force. He meets us where where we're willing to meet him, and he loves us, and he wants to go deeper, but he doesn't do it without our participation. We keep praying, more, we want more of you, Lord. Oh, we want more. (laughs) Do we really? Because he's saying the same thing. (laughs) Oh, God, we want more of you. And he's like, I want more of you. And we're like, yeah, great. Anyway, could you do the stuff that's on our agenda? And he's like, I I just want access to your heart. Whatever. Anyway, oh! (laughs) Right? And we're like, revival. I want revival. I want revival. Look, let's do this. I want revival more than you. No, I don't know if that's true. But I want revival. But when we say we want revival, don't we kind of just picture churches filled with people who are singing enthusiastically and hanging on every word and praying for one another and the power of the Lord. And everywhere we go, people know that Jesus is real. We walk into the supermarket and people walk past us and begin to weep under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I want that! I want all that. But you know what? That's not deep enough. Bless you. That got me from here. I mean, not... That's not nearly deep enough. I want a revival that consists of the attitudes of Jesus... Becoming our daily practice in our family relationships, 
our friendships. Actually, I could just stop there, because if that happens, everything else will fall like dominoes. The attitudes of Jesus. We have been so silly. We're like, we've identified holiness as following rules and avoiding certain habits like cussing and smoking, which I'm fine avoiding. Please avoid those, okay? Cussing is not helpful, and smoking is bad for your health. Enough said. But we've avoided cussing and smoking, some of the time, most of us, some, well, we don't need to go into that, while not avoiding the much deeper issues, the far more destructive habits of slandering each other, gossiping about each other, assuming the worst about each other's motives, avoiding our responsibility to confront each other in love and forgive each other when wronged, And in the wake of these behaviors, we have left a trail of broken relationships and hurt people. I mean, raise your hand if you've not been devastated by rejection and judgment yet because of church relationships. I thought I saw a hand, but it was just she was scratching her head. Now you're all looking to see who is scratching their head. I don't know if anyone's untouched. I mean, and who here has not been tempted to give up on church altogether to try to somehow forge a relationship with God on our own, only with safe people, quote-unquote? There was a gentleman who... Should I leave it on that hopeless point? of It's terrible, everyone's gotten hurt. What I'm saying is, what kind of revival... Fills the church with enthusiastic singing but doesn't touch these attitudes and these behaviors. I want a deeper revival. I want the attitudes of Jesus to dominate our minds expressed in our conversations and the commitments we keep in our relationships with one another. Jesus was so clear about this. A new command I give you, which isn't really new, you've heard it from the beginning, John says later, right? It's love one another. (laughs) Shocking. The deep theology. It's not deep theology. But it's basic. It's basic to what it is to believe in Jesus. By this, all people will know that this thing is real with you if you love one another. I don't don't think the world's like, I was going to go to hell, but then I saw a miracle and a man's leg was healed. Some people might say that that's, that's what got them to church. But if that gets them to church, and then we gossip and slander and talk bad about them, it ain't going to hold them. And if we don't confront their patterns from their family of gossiping and slandering and not forgiving, and if they grew up thinking everything that comes into your head, you've got to say it, otherwise you're a hypocrite. And we don't help retrain that and confront that and reshape that with the teachings of Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? Are you in? Does this sound like the kind of revival you want to? <laughs> I mean, I want this so bad. Ah, and I'm and spiritual gifts. Yes, please. Thank you. More. Yes, more. Holy Spirit encounters. Absolutely. Give them. I would like some more. But my guess is that when you're on the ground and the Father's dealing with your heart, guess what He's probably dealing with? Who you are, so that you'll be strong enough to be able to confront people and be okay in conflict. <laughs> my. Uh, Aunt, it's Carrie's aunt, but I'll call her my aunt because she's family. One time she went out in the Holy Spirit in like one of those Holy Spirit comas. 
that happen at special services where the singing goes on for a long time and the preaching is long? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So she's on the ground, boom, out, unconscious, in the Holy Spirit. And I said, what, what happened? And she said, a lot happened. I can't tell you what it was. But I got a brand new definition of what submission to my husband was. Because before it was slavery. And I had to give myself away. She changed. She was able to, to respond in an unhealthy relationship with health. The system around her, the environment around her, no longer was able to dictate the health inside her. That makes me happy. That's Jesus. That's revival. Not, I fell down, so now I know I'm more spiritual than you. (laughs) Get a clue. All right, let's finish up. Ephesians 4, 25 through 27, let us tell our neighbors the truth for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger is not sin. But holding on to it opens the door for sin. In fact, what's really fascinating is the human, the human thing not dealt with, becomes the platform for the demonic. Can you see how this works in churches? A human relationship, where you bump into me and feelings get hurt, or, or we're in a, we have a, a conflict of interests. I think this is the best way to stock the food pantry, for crying out loud. And you go, oh, that's too small. Nobody would fight over that. Please tell me you're not that ignorant. We fight over all sorts of things at home. Who's going to pick up the dinner? All sorts... Am I right? It doesn't have to be a big... Marriages are thrown away over something that no one can remember from 20 years ago as small as, were you paying attention when I was talking? (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm trying to talk to you about what's going on in my life here and you're on Facebook. Hey, 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 I am listening. You're not. You say you are, but you stopped responding. You know what? Forget it. You don't even love me. I'm out. You've always been like this and I knew it. You're just like your mom and blah, blah, blah and wham and uh, and I'm out. You would not believe what my wife is doing today. And if there's another person with integrity on the other end of the line, he's going to be like, Son, shut up. Go back and repent. (laughs) Right? Instead of being like, "Mm, I know, she's crazy. Why'd you marry her? Because if he, the only reason he doesn't say that is because he's like, hey, hold up, what? Hey, nobody talks about my wife like that but me. I just reverted to like an old school flip phone. Did you notice it? (laughs) I'd have power off and flip it shut. Oh my goodness. My my clock says I have 10 seconds, so that's a good place to stop. No, I'm kidding. That's a ridiculous place to stop. Anger's not sin. Jealousy in itself might be not so sinful, but rooted in a sense of insecurity that might be... What I'm trying to say is, the human comes first, but not dealt with. It leaves this wide open platform for the demonic to come sit. You know, it's true with, the, with the God's kingdom too. Sometimes the human connections of love in our relationships become a platform for the Holy Spirit to roost and brood and bring life. A simple connection from a friend, a simple, a simple, you might have this in common, a simple, you know what I'm saying? So, 
the human coffin comes first, but not dealt with in a healthy way. It becomes a host to a demonic thing. And then this root of bitterness. The demonic agenda is to take that anger and that hurt and create bitterness. And then that bitterness will spread like gangrene through a body, through a, through a community, through your relationships. And just a bunch of people are defiled. The Holy Spirit's purpose in it is that your peace and your grace take hold. And Jesus said, when you walk into a home, peace be with you. And it's like you're releasing something. If your peace, if a, it says if a man of peace is there, it will rest on them, him. But if not, it will return to you. That's fascinating. Jesus' thing is that the grace you carry is meant to not defile many, but to encourage many, to inspire many, to heal many, to redeem many. We can do this thing. We really can. But it starts with us taking responsibility. All right, all right, all right. All right, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two questions in conflict. Is this conflict a result of my unhealth? Come on, let's be open to it. When we're all spooled up with resentment, we're not open to it. When we're all in us-them, combative thinking, we're not open to it. When Copernicus was like, hey, you know what, maybe the uh, sun is... That's how he talked, Copernicus, he was a friend of mine. Hey, uh, maybe the sun isn't the, uh, you know, spinning around the earth. Maybe the earth is spinning around the sun. And people lost their minds. They wouldn't even read his writings. And he'd have his telescope and he'd say, well, just look for yourself. And they go, I ain't looking in there. Because when we get all spooled up in our anxiety and our blame shifting and our agenda, we're not even open to the truth. The only voice we're open to hearing is the voice our Bluetooth is pairing looking for someone who will tell us what we want to hear. I'm right and that guy's a jerk. Anyone who says different can't be my friend. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh, we got problems. So is the conflict a result of my unhealth? If so... Take responsibility, refuse to blame shift, and get healthy. Now, is the con- second question, is the conflict a result of my health? Is my health, my not enabling people, my not rescuing people, my not yielding to the bully to keep the peace? Healthy people don't look for quick fixes. Unhealthy people need this relationship to feel better fast. Healthy people are comfortable maintaining the tension so that the unhealthy person has to live with the tension and make a choice. Either reject me or change. Martin Friedman was a rabbi and he used to consult with churches and he would tell churches regularly, so-and-so's a bully, you need to tell him, tell them they need to change their behavior or they're not welcome to be part of the community. And the pastor said a pretty predictable thing. That's not Christian. What Bible have you been reading? Jesus confronted everybody directly. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Have you read your Bibles? Not so much if you genuinely think that he's gentle Jesus, meek. He's confrontational Jesus, mean and wild. Read it carefully. It's all over the place. I have in my office, Mark Davis printed up a thing where Batman and Robin, uh, I won't say some of it, but it's, (laughs) he said, if you're yoked to Jesus, watch out. He initiates conflict with people who do not respond well. And if you are yoked to Jesus and listening to his voice and living with health, your health will create conflict. Unhealthy people who have a herd mentality will lump together with other anxious, weak people to make you the bad guy. And they will try to sabotage this, this 
integrity of yours. I promise you. So when the conflict happens, two questions are very important. Is this conflict because of my unhealth? <laughs> Do I have unresolved issues for my family of origin that I still need to work through? Jesus, help me. Teach me. I'm open. Speak to me. Maybe get some counseling. Maybe get some Christian counseling. I mean, with the body of Christ. It's weird to me how we always farm it out to the pros who don't know anything, well, who don't know much more than those who love us. Waste eight hours trying to give them the picture that our friends who've been walking with us for years saw in three seconds. But anyway, that's a conversation for a different day. Have a sozo. I'm over time. Okay. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that Jesus' way is a light burden and an easy yoke. I thank you that Jesus' way has truth and love not in competition, but perfectly both expressed to where sin is confronted, sinners are forgiven, and relationships are healed not by blame, not by sweeping things under the rug, but by dealing with them for real. Thank you, God, that we are not victims. Thank you, God, that we have Holy Spirit on the inside so we can love everybody and we have no need to stay stuck. We have everything we need to please you and have perfect peace in the midst of every storm. We thank you that it's a can-do gospel because it's a risen, victorious Savior who's sharing that victory with us. We thank you, God, that you are renewing our minds. We thank you, God, that you are working in our hearts so that we can represent your grace and your glory to the people closest to us. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us as we are, but you change us. Amen.